0: It became a huge problem because it, every time I would go and engage my mom, she either one, not understand me, or two, she would feel like I'm trying to embarrass her by speaking a specific way, or speaking like English in a specific way to her. And that like really sucks when I think about it today because it meant that for a whole time that I was growing up, my mom felt that I undermined her. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Intersection Podcast. This week we're going to be talking about family, and we're going to talk about like the trials and tribulations that come with dealing with family, as well as I guess the inner turmoil that comes from dealing with family. I started a Patreon page, um, so if you guys want to support this podcast, you guys can just like check out the link down below, I'll add it in the description, as well as my Twitter, where I'm going to be updating people as to like what I'm going to be talking about every week. And I also included an email address, which you guys can email to like add some kind of contributions to the podcast, so it could be questions, and I'll try to include them in the podcast and deal with them from now on. Okay, cool. I'll check you guys. I think family is always a hard conversation for anyone to really have. And I think the main reason is because, like, family's just so close to you. And they end up being the kind of people that you love. And you kind of, like, are taught to love them. I guess, like, when you think about family, it's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome. But no one calls it Stockholm Syndrome because they're people who you kind of, like, are trained to love. So, like, when your parents have you, it's, like, really strange because you kind of grew up in that environment and, like, you have to kind of, like, learn to love those people because those are people that take care of you, you become financially dependent and you become emotionally dependent on those people and you kind of then just get accustomed to being around those people and it just feels natural to, like, want to care for those people and kind of, like, feel, like, really deep emotions to those people but then, I guess, at the same time, then when they kind of betray, like, your trust and when they betray your emotions or they kind of do something that, like, feels like it upsets you or fucks you over you feel like deeply betrayed by them and I guess like that's why family becomes very like a sore topic for a lot of people and it becomes a like really contentious point and why people kind of decide to move away and like why people might not even like be close to their families at the end of the day. I know quite a few people who actually like didn't like their families mainly because of, like small little things that they did and decided then to move away to university on the other side of the globe. Um, I kind of moved away from my own family when I got the opportunity to. So the moment I like left high school I took the app year and tried to travel, but like things just didn't work out. But once I was able to enter varsity, I went as far as possible and I went from like one province into another province. I guess like, it would be like going from like one state to another state. But yeah. Um and it just like allows you to get some kind of form of clarity because you're so far away and so removed from those people. well, you're able to understand yourself a bit better and you're able to understand yourself outside of those people and you're able to understand yourself regardless of what those people say and like how they impact you. I guess like my family's been like really hectically impacting me for the long time, so like I said like in the other in the previous episode, my family's like super cultural, and I guess like the problem that comes with like being super cultural is that. I'm not that cultural, and I guess the way that it works is that I grew up in a lot of like white or Western backgrounds, and my family's more like African, like centric, and that means that they do a lot of things that are very like tribal and a lot of things that are very traditional, and I sometimes sometimes question those things, oh, and doesn't go over well when I question those things. The other day, my mom, my mom kind of believes in like bad spirits and, like, people being able to, like, cast spells and, like, the family and things like that. Which I guess, like, for her, it's a form of solace and, like, does rituals to be able to, like, stop that from happening. It gives her some kind of comfort. But for me, it doesn't work like that. So if she asks me to do something, I often ask questions why. And I guess because I'm from a traditionally black Kosa culture or well, family, well, cultural family, um, asking questions isn't a thing that kids are allowed to do, or not even allowed to do, or things that they shouldn't do. So if you ask kids a question, they kind of just have to like sit there and listen, and they have to just take orders. But I guess I'm like 23, and this is like where huge conflict comes between like me and my parents, is that me and my parents don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, because obviously I'm from a different generation, and I'm kind of a person who also loves the idea of being able to make decisions the way that you want, and being able to say things the way that you want whereas my parents are the type of people that say when they want something it has to be done and if you're a child you have to listen to that and it becomes very contentious because sometimes i think like i think i should be afforded some kind of freedom and i should be afforded some kind of expression but then other times i'm not given that kind of expression so there's a thing that you have to do in my culture when you're a man and when you reach like over the age of eighteen at some point, and you have to go to the mountains and for me, a huge family pressure that came about that whole thing was that it is that you kind of have the choice, right? So everyone tells you you have the choice, and a lot of your family tells you you have the choice to go or not go. But it less feels like a choice and more feels like more people are waiting for you. when are you going to go rather than are you going to go, right? So it becomes a situation where people constantly... Ask you, so when are you going to go, when are you going to go, are you going to go tomorrow, are you going to go next week, are you going to go next year, like when's the year that we're going to like celebrate this whole thing of yours, and like what's really hectic about this thing is that like you have to go up there and you have to get your foreskin cut off, and you have to like do this without any general anesthesia, you have to do this without any kind of like medication or whatever, and, like that's the really deep part about it, but like I know a lot of other things and like a lot of emotional turmoil that come to that, I'll probably make a podcast or I'll probably talk about this at a later point, But yeah, so like my family had this huge pressure for me to go there and was very contentious because like for the longest time I didn't want to go because I didn't see the cultural importance. But then at some point I realized that I'm not, like this whole thing isn't about, me. it's not about me, it's actually about my family and it's about like what my family thinks. And that's the sucky thing is that sometimes things that even if you don't understand, even things that you don't even care about... You have to make compromises for your family because I guess at the end of the day, you still feel like you care for those people. And it sucks because sometimes, like, I really feel like. I- I don't understand them and they don't understand me, but I still have to like make decisions for them and I have to make decisions about me that, are, that affects them. So I guess like the huge problem that comes in me, if I chose not to go, is that it's not just me that gets like shunned from the greater family or a cultural like in- engagement, is that my family also gets shunned because they become the family that's like, hey, the son didn't go. So like what becomes, like what happens there? And like that's really intense and it's really huge. And I guess when it comes to families, you got to put aside some of your own pride and you got to put aside some of your own just personal, like, goals and ambitions to take care of those relationships, even if those relationships are going to be hard to take care of. So, for me, the hugest thing that came out of, like, being able to go through that experience was that I got to talk to my dad and I got to spend a lot of time with my dad. So, me and my dad weren't that close because, for a huge part, he kind of, like, from he'd work very far away from home. So, he'd basically be only, like, home or in the same city as us for about two days a week and no one really liked it but it was kinda just all we knew and no one really understood like the huge ramifications of that. What happened later is then like after all of this happened is like my dad lost his job and like stuff like that and then we started going through a huge financial crisis and you never realize people and you never realize what kind of people your parents are even like your family are until you go through really intense situations so for us it was a financial crisis where we went from like one financial bracket of being like upper middle class to like going down to like lower lower middle class and that became a huge thing because we had become so accustomed to a specific kind of lifestyle and then shifting from one lifestyle to another lifestyle it changes your perspective at this point right i started going through a lot of puberty i started going through a rebellious phase i kind of also just like was going through a point where i wanted more independence and i wanted to think for myself and my mom blames a lot of like that based on the fact that we had no money and i just realized at that point the kind of like emphasis or the kind of like reliance that my family had on money to be able to maintain the kind of cohesion we had in our family and that's like really hectic because if you're reliant on money to have a cohesive family unit. That's a lot of other problems you need to like start dealing with. And we were forced at that point to deal with a lot of our family structural issues, right? So at this point, like I my dad wasn't around, but then he started like staying more around and started like being more present in like my whole family's lifestyle. And at that point, it was just, like, really interesting because dynamics started shifting. And people started getting closer. So my sisters started getting closer to me. I started getting closer to my sisters. But the problem is, is that there was this huge division that happened between my sisters and, like, the kids in the family and then the parents in my family. And, like, a lot of that felt like it was financially driven, right? But it was also then culturally driven in terms of, like, we're, like, millennials. And my parents are then, like, or like the older generation, right? And this becomes really hectic because it feels that there's a huge divide. And, like, this is where a lot of, like, cultural and, like, age barriers, like, shift between specifically black people, is that my parents, like, grew up in a time when they didn't have, like, so many fancy words. Like, intersectionality didn't exist for them, right? Things like being, like, queer wasn't a concept. It was either you're gay or you're straight, right? Like, you couldn't be bisexual. There's none of that stuff. For them, they grew up in a time where they, one, didn't have a lot of exposure to those kind of things because they just weren't allowed in those spaces. But, two, they were being, like, academically persecuted so my parents were like had to like learn a very different curriculum to like the white people around the same time so my parents are one learning at like a lesser rate or learning in a very different framework to like the white people and then two they're not getting like the kind of like access to like a lot of huge concepts that are involved with like a lot of progression that like we talk about so that would be things like queer theory that would be things like black theory or even like the more contemporary black theory. And like this is why me and my parents sometimes get into huge fights about like what it means to be black and all those things. So now I'm in this position where me and my parents are kind of like sitting at the dinner table and we're talking about stuff and we're like saying, hey... This is what I think it means to like be culturally like expressive. And then I'm saying that cool. That can be what it means to be culturally expressive. This is what I think it means to be culturally expressive. So this becomes very complicated because for the longest time I used to do things like debating. I was always good at English and I was just like really good at a lot of like academic stuff. So it meant I knew a lot of words and I knew and I just casually would talk about huge like words. So things that people might call huge words and things that people might call like small words, but that caused a language barrier between like me and my parents and I never realized like how hectic it was for like communication purposes until like I was a lot older. It felt like isolating at some point because my older sisters, or like six years difference between me and them, is that my older sisters are far more fluent in speaking my home language which is closer whereas I am like averagely fluent and then my little sister is like not so fluent, like she barely talked closer at all right But, like, what's very interesting about that whole situation is that I wasn't able to communicate with my mom because my mom barely spoke English at the time, and my mom was predominantly speaking closer. Whereas my dad would kind of always speak English with me, and that was cool, and, like, that was fine. But it was, like, he was barely around anyway. So I couldn't go and confide with him and tell him, hey, there's this thing going on at school, can you, like, please help me out? So I always had to go back to my mom. And then our family dynamic was, like, really, like, fucked up. I guess, like, the most important thing to, like, realize is that my family kind of works on a hierarchy. And I think a lot of closer families kind of work on a hierarchy. So, first is, like, the male patriarch of the family. So, my dad. And he makes all the decisions. He's the the last person you go to. And he's the last person who gets to make all of the decisions that's like, related to my family. Then, secondly, like, just a little bit underneath him is my mom, right? The matriarch of the family. And then she, essentially, then, like dictates every decision that my dad doesn't dictate so if you have a problem you go to her first and then she dictates all the decisions but then if a final decision needs to be made then she'll go to my dad so i guess like a very small example is like i would sometimes ask my parents to go out when i was like young and i'd be like hey mom can i go out and if my mom didn't know how to deal like whether i could or not or if she just didn't want to deal with it she'd be like go to your dad ask your dad and i guess like that happens in a lot of families but what's really interesting about my family is that then it goes to my sisters. So my sisters and then, are, uh, my older sisters and then are above me, right, but below my mom. So then they, they are the next most, like, in terms of being able to make decisions. And, like, how respectability politics work in my family, and what I mean by that is, like, how you show, like, respect and how you show, like, um I guess, like, respect that hierarchy, is that I have to refer to my sisters as, like, sis this person. So, like, I mean, sister this person. And that shows respect and that shows, like, seniority over me. And at that point my sisters could always dictate and tell me what to do so if they didn't want to like they wanted a light to be turned off which is very mundane and very trivial and they could easily do they would ask me to do it and i would have to do it just because of the fact that they're older than me and this is like really kind of like it sounds really fucked up but like i never really found a problem with it but like now i kind of do and i kind of Sometimes just like don't bother doing it, which is why I guess I isolate myself in my room a lot of the time, but I never, I tried my hardest not to do that to my little sister, which I guess like that also caused a lot of like problems, and like even like some advantages, So like me and my sister hang out, we like go out and drink all the time, and like we get to do a lot of things, but I guess like what I was trying to say, like there was a huge hierarchy, and like people kind of like stood at specific places, So that meant that my dad dictates everything and then my mom follows and then everyone and then my mom also can dictate everything and then so on and so forth, right? So with the language barrier thing is that the one person who I always had immediate access to, who I had to communicate with, I wasn't able to have like a proper communication with her because she just one didn't speak my language, but two wasn't able to like have a fluent understanding or like a solid conversation with me. And that's like really like and that really sucked for like a huge portion of like my formative years, right, where I just didn't know that language. I didn't feel comfortable talking in that language, but I had to force myself to do this, but then at the same time, my mom also then like started learning a lot of English, luckily, thanks to us, so my mom kind of like grew up and learned everything closer, and she never spoke English whatsoever until she got to varsity and My mom only went to varsity when she came to live in Joburg, which is where we live right now and um, and she only started learning there when she had to get a job and she had to go to varsity to be able to get that job that she needed and so yeah so what would happen is that I would say specific words and my mom would feel very like attacked because it would feel like I'm trying to confuse her by using very large words but like I said like it wasn't intentional and it was a thing that I never realized I was doing but then everyone else in my family kind of spoke more casual more standard english than i did in just like general like everyday talk and i never realized this until like i was like older and then i got into more like um conversations just like people in general because i started going out more when i was like older and at this point it became a huge problem because every time i would go and engage my mom she either one not understand me Or two, she'd feel like I'm trying to embarrass her by speaking a specific way or speaking like English in a specific way to her. And that like really sucks when I think about it today because it meant that for a whole time that I was growing up, my mom felt that I undermined her. And that like, really sucks when you're a parent and you have, like, all this wisdom or you even have, like, or you just feel like you care so much for your child. And your child is, like, you feel as though your child is disrespecting you or your child is, like, even, like, undermining you. It might not be very severe, but, like, just, like, feeling that every time you have to talk to them, every time they're asking you for something, or every time, like, they're just, like, no, you're wrong, listen to this, right? And that became, like, even more apparent the older I got and the more opportunities I got. So... Then I started going to varsity and I started like learning about all of like the dynamics that exist with like language and all of those things. And that got like, that started to apply specifically towards this, to like this specific area of like my life where I was like, Oh my God, I never realized that that was the thing that my mom was going through. But then I started like trying to engage with my mom and being like, yo, I ne- like this is not what I was trying to do. This isn't what I wanted to happen. And trying to fix that divide that like had been caused for the longest time and like that was that's like really huge to think that something as simple as language something as simple as even like a generational gap can cause so much friction between like a son and a mother and like that was really hectic and it like really like shaped a lot of like how I view things like recently and even like the way that I talk to her mom and even like how I try to understand her now and so that became, like, really hard, and it got, like, even harder when I started going through things like depression. So, like, in my culture, depression is not a thing, like, it doesn't exist, and, like, it's not, like, a prominent, it's not even, like, a, no one really talks about it, or no one even recognizes it. So, like, when I was in grade 10, um, when I was in grade 10, I was going through a huge depressive spell, marks dropping, grades dropping, and the one thing that i needed was like family support and the one thing that i needed was just like to like feel validated that like this is like that there wasn't anything wrong with me and so I went to my parents and I was like, hey, this is what's going on, right? And what's even more than that is that it got, like, really hectic because, like, during that time when I was in high school, there was, like, things going on with my hair and some things, like, were racially motivated. And I went to my parents and I was like, hey, this is going on at school. And they didn't take those things seriously. And then it, like, escalated. And eventually I started getting depressed over those issues and then my marks that it's offering. Um, but, yeah, so, like, my parents knew about all of these things, but they weren't dealing with that. And, like, it's really hectic because... My parents didn't couldn't didn't feel comfortable going to my school, which is a private school, so they had to go and talk to all of these people who they felt are like more intelligent than them, understand things and also should have the best interests of their child. And they didn't understand why their child would complain about all of these things happening, right? So they my parents are like, We're in a new South Africa, things should be better, this is what should be going on and they just don't get what's going on whereas I'm their child I'm telling them hey this is going down but my parents are like whoa this doesn't make any sense and then even on top of those things my parents don't feel comfortable going to the school because they don't feel adequate to, to be able to talk to those people and then they don't feel like that they are able to confront those people right so even at this time my is going through huge financial strains where, like, we were, where we were barely paying my school fees And so my parents are then also in financial debt, right? So the people who they had to go and then confront at the same time are people who they owe money to. And so that makes them even feel like even more uncomfortable, right? And so that becomes really intense when you think of those dynamics, as in, now my parents are dealing with financial debt, and now they're dealing with like racial debt, and now they're dealing with a lot of like huge influencing factors with this mi- minor problem that could be solved that their child is going through, right? So we, go, so, so we eventually go to my school and we talk about these things, but then they don't. So then the school carries on doing those things, and I go to my parents, and I'm like, hey, this is what's going down. And then my parents are like, yo, there's nothing we can do about it. So then eventually it's like, okay, cool, there's nothing that's going down, and then I get depressed. And then my parents are like, Hey, why are you depressed? And this becomes a huge problem because throughout this whole time, I needed my parents to like have my back. And this is one of those times where I can't blame my parents because they didn't know, they don't know what depression is. They didn't, they didn't get what depression is. Um, now they're a little bit more understanding and like we're a lot more closer when it comes to just talking about depression. Like my mom used to like freak out every time you'd say the words depression. Um, and so yeah, so we got to that point where they just like didn't get it right so like they weren't able to understand it they weren't able to even like talk about it and they just kind of like ignored it and so that meant that I had to ignore it because I didn't have I don't have money I was a high schooler I don't have a job I was a high schooler and I just didn't even know like how to go about this right I was even barely comprehending it myself eventually I got a diagnosis like a couple years later and and the doctor was like hey you have depression and you have like clinical generalized um anxiety disorder, right, and so that's like really hectic, and I had to like then deal with all of those things by myself, and then this this should be a time, and like this would be the time in every movie where like, oh my god, your family came to you, and like, but that's not what happened, my parents like kind of moved further away from me, they kind of thought that I was just being lazy, they thought that I was just like, just separating myself because like that's what I was and and during my gap year this became even more apparent because my parents are like you don't have a job, you're not doing anything, why aren't you trying to go out there and like find a purpose in life? And it became very hard to like sit down and talk to them and say, Hey mom, dad, like this is what's going on, this is a problem. Can you please like help me through this? But that obviously just it doesn't work like that. Things don't work like that. Like it should be a lot easier, it should be a lot simpler, but things just kinda just don't work like that. And That's a huge, like, grift that happened, and me and my family are still, like, trying to get through that, even today. So, like, even now, I'm, like, lucky because, like, my parents pay for my psychiatrist, and, like, they pay for my psychologist, which I can't afford, because, sadly, I'm unemployed at the moment, but I can't afford those things, and, but they kind of pay for those things, right, so they get it, and they're helping me, but, like, The problem is, the huge problem was like a cultural understanding where my parents didn't get that there was this huge thing called depression. And so it kind of just made me sink deeper and deeper into depression. Uh, Because I thought the people who should care about me, the people who should understand me the most, should be dealing with this. But they weren't dealing with it. And it feels like very alone when you don't know who else to go to. At this time, like people at school and my friends, like they weren't helping. So I thought my family would help. And I thought, like, that was, like, that would be a huge inspiration. But, like, I guess, like, that's a huge intersection that comes with, like, cultural understanding and, like, like, class understanding. And even, like, just, like, the time which you're at. So my parents were in a time where depression exists and everyone recognizes depression. But they don't get it because my culture just kind of says, no, it doesn't exist. And it sucked for me because it then like put me in a like, huge rabbit hole of just depression and anxiety and like huge anxiety spells. Like I used to get panic attacks like regularly. I like barely passed like my matric year because of just like all of like these stresses and all of those things. But, yeah, but, like, now me and my family, are like, are really solid straits, right? So I guess, like what, like, what you can take from that is that you just keep, I guess if you keep bashing at something for long enough and you keep telling people that it's important, especially the people who care about you and people who love you, that, like, hey, this is important, can you please care about it, can you please listen to me when I tell you that it's important, eventually they, sh- like, are going to listen to you because you're telling them it's important, and if they love you and they care about you, like it kind of will work out and like i told you in the previous podcast about friends right if you don't have family that cares about you if you don't have family that's able to understand those things like you should have friends that get those things and friends that can help you out and then that can be your family and like i'm lucky because i have a cohesive like friend unit like friend unit that uh, can talk about those things and can actually like encourage each other and can help each other out like this one time my friend paid for my doctor fees which is amazing But, like, obviously, I can't do that again, because, like, doctors are goddamn expensive. But, like, it was just, like, helpful. And I completely think about that, like, those people as my family. Like, recently, I was thinking, like, I was watching Harry Potter, and there's this point, like, there's this point where Harry was talking about how Sirius is the only family... I mean, sorry, where Sirius was talking about how the Potters was a place where you could always feel comfortable with, and you could always, always, always welcome there. But... I kind of realized that like I haven't had a a friend's home or like some other home besides my house where I've always felt comfortable with or I've always felt that there's a place for me there. And I guess like that's the like thing I guess that's like comfortable about having family is that you can always go back to them and you can always talk to them about something. Sometimes they might not know what they're talking about. Sometimes they might not like be like have minimal understanding as to like what's going down but they'll always like have a place for you and they'll always be able to like understand what's going down specifically when it relates to that situation I guess the weirdest thing for me is that everyone has like this expectation of that you need to have a family when you grow up and for me like I'm an antinatalist and I guess like what that means for most people is that I don't want to have children I just don't feel compelled to have children I don't feel a need to have children I think there's enough kids out there And at the same time, like, I really just don't want to fuck up a child. Like, I think it's very easy to, like, mess up a child. And a lot of people don't think about how that, like, how that could happen. A lot of people think about, like, all the positives that they can do to a child and all the good things that they can, like, allow a child to have and all those things. But you can also just, like, easily, as much as you can provide good, you can, like, literally provide so much bad for that child as well. And no one... Thinks about those things when they're having a child They just think about all the good things And how wonderful of a parent they can be Whereas I'm just like really really scared That I'm gonna fuck up a child And fucking up a child would be the worst thing And the huge thing when it comes to children Is just like a huge thing about having a family of your own And people often think that having a family means having children But you can just easily have a partner But even if I don't have a partner I think i would be really happy Like besides from like what we think of family Is just like oh these people who live together Like there's a huge expectation from people in general that having a family means having children. And that expectation then leads to people just like being pressured into like really horrible situations. And I personally just wouldn't, I don't want that for myself. I wouldn't do that to anyone. And I wouldn't like, like want anyone to feel as though that they have to do something and that something like that has to be done. Like those expectations of like family are really, really not cool. And like, The big problem, and I find this like a really, really big problem, is that when it comes to family, is that a lot of people don't look at like queer families as like a a, a unit, or like people who have adopted children as like a unit. And I always talk to people about this, where I kind of just don't like the idea that when you look at a family and you think that they've adopted that child, they don't look like what you think of like a heterosexual family to be, you instantly judge them. And that really makes me unsettled and that really makes me unhappy where I think that people should really be looking more as to like what can those individuals provide to each other and what can those individuals provide to another person and is what they're providing the same as anyone else? And why can't that answer always be yes? Like a gay a gay family or a gay couple having a child that doesn't look like them, that maybe is like a white family adopting like an Asian child or a black family adopting like a Hispanic child. Like why can't that be a proper family unit? Why do people often have to judge that? And it's the thing that really bugs me. And it's the thing that really like a lot of people, I guess, like that are like heterosexual don't really get is that that becomes like a huge contentious issue between having friends, where, like, you can't have friends that don't get that, and we don't have, you can't have friends that don't see that as important, and, like, for me, I guess that is also, like, relates to things around, like, marriage, is that, like, one, I'm a 1980 person, and two, I don't buy into marriage, like, huge bunch of issues as to why I don't buy into marriage, and why I'll never get married, but it just makes it very interesting to be able to then call people family and to have a family when you can have so many quirks and you can have so many like really bothersome things about you that no one else can really deal with but they have to deal with and they're willing to deal with it and i guess like that's i guess the most beautiful thing about family is that no matter who you are no matter like how bad you are or no matter how good you are that your family's willing to just like suffer with you through all of the horrible shit that we call life right And that's like a really dope place where I think I'm going to end the podcast. Okay, cool. Thank you. Cheers. See you next week.